So before we get started, I have to shout out one of the sponsors of this podcast, and that's Disney+. Plus. Now, by now, most of you guys should know what Disney+, Plus is. It's the home of brands like Marvel, Pixar, Disney, National Geographic, and many, many other brands. And you should be catching up on shows of theirs. I love Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, The Mandalorian, WandaVision. These are all great shows brought to you by Disney+. And if you're not checking them out, you should definitely go and check them out and tell them Hayes sent you. Peace. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the four-year anniversary of the motherfucking Awakened Soul podcast. We're in the fourth anniversary of the Awakened Soul. That's four years of soul. That's what we're celebrating today. Um, I have two guests, two special guests. And these are people who've literally been there from the beginning in different ways and you can find out once we get there uh during this week's episode of the awakening so but we finished we're going to do a retrospective on my whole podcasting career and i'm going to really kind of i'm going to open up about some things i haven't opened up at least publicly before we're going to get into some of that but overall i think you guys should just expect some greatness like this is going to be a fun episode it's going to be an enlightening episode we're bringing back an old segment i can't wait i'm not going to even let you guys know what it, what what that old segment is quite yet quite yet um but before we do any of that you know we got to get into the intro for this podcast and we're gonna do that right about now the following is a breaks media podcast you are now listening to the best podcast in the world the awakened soul hosted by my dad All right. Um, and so like that, you know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Because I like that vibe so much, we're going to let that vibe go just a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. You feel that? Just go ahead and let that, that's, that's setting tone for the whole podcast. Do you play the drums? I can play that. Do you play the violin? I can play that. What about harmonica? I can play that. What's good? enough 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 let's get into the content so we're jumping in uh to what usually is my dark and twisted crazy ass mind but this week we're not really jumping into that like we're gonna set the tone a lot of what we have content here for you a lot of content you guys are gonna be able to gain from the podcast so we do have a segment we're gonna be talking about branding not only how what i've learned through branding but giving information uh out that can help other creators just people in general um we also have Oh, I, I'm gonna tease it so I'm so excited that the segment that we're bringing back in this way this week. But you know what? I'm not even I'm not even gonna tease that. So this is what I want to say. Like this to start it off. Four years 
of The Awakened Soul. Four years of me doing this um, and what that means for me. It's like I started The Awakened Soul. It was an idea. It was a seed of an idea. And what it turned into has been nothing but humbling uh, everything that's come along the way. And I guess what's on my mind, they're like, I'll bring it into the topical thing of in the mind of the haze is you got to bet on yourself. You guys don't learn anything else from me. I know some of the content concepts that I talk about are super high level. Some of it are things that people aren't going to always agree with or whatever else. But I think the one thing that everyone universally can agree with is that you need to bet on yourself. You have to find a way to do that. That is the biggest thing that I've learned on this. And like, you can never... Don't ever doubt yourself on what you're capable of. You're capable of so much more than what you give yourself credit for. And that's, you know, I, I feel comfortable saying that about anybody. I don't care what you've underachieved, overachieved, what your aspirations are. It can all come. And like me sitting back and, you know, I was going to wait to do something for the fifth year. I wasn't really going to do anything for the fourth year, but the list, like people, I, I, even when I didn't announce it, people hit me up talking about the the four year anniversary of the Awakened Soul. They knew the anniversary was coming up, and like because of that, I feel like I had to do something for it. I had to do something to acknowledge it. And like throughout thinking about that, it just led me to this place. Um, we live in a time, especially like so many creatives, so many podcasts pop up and go, and some don't make it. Um, I would not have made it this far if it wasn't for my listeners and I always shout out my listeners I always say um that I have the best listenership in all of podcasting and I mean that that's not hyperbole that's not just saying it to be talking I really really mean that because I know what you guys have meant to me over the over the last four years how you've helped this podcast grow hell how, how you've helped me grow as an as an artist as a as a creative so like in the mind of Hayes, you guys are on my mind. You guys really are, and I can't stress that enough. So when we live in an age and a time where, like, most podcasts fail, most podcasts don't last, I think, like, still it's like most podcasts don't make it past 20 episodes or something like that. It's the fact that we are only 200 and I think, like, 12 weeks into the Awakened Soul existing and we have 220 episodes is is because of you guys so in even in like what we talk about on this podcast and where everything goes i never want to lose sight of it it's because of you guys yeah the ideas may come to my mind yeah the content may come to my mind but overall it's because of you guys of why the pot this podcast has made it as long as it has it's because of you guys of why it's been able to get to the level that it's gotten to nothing more nothing less it's not just me i'd be a fucking fool to think that it was just me so i want to celebrate you guys as well as in this time i want to celebrate everything and i know we do this a lot i talk to you guys a lot about like how much i appreciate you guys but i don't want to take that away any bit at all i love you guys you guys mean the world to me um and so I know that it's in the minor hay segment. We usually don't get that mush, mushy and shit, but uh, I just, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about you guys. I wanted to celebrate you guys. And like, I've learned, I've gained lifelong friends because of this lifelong friends. Um, and that, that isn't missed by me, missed by me at all. Um, so that's it. That's, that's it. We're going to stop there. We're going to go into, we're bringing back a segment. So for this is a deep cut for my original Awakened Soul listeners. I used to have a segment. This was before the Breaks Radio where, you know, that whole podcast is built around hip hop culture. What we called it, we called the, it the cypher. 
that was the one of the original segments on the Awakened Soul podcast was the cipher. And so we're bringing that back. We're bringing it back to talk about a special album, and that's Nas's latest album, King Disease 2. Uh, and I have a very special guest on that one as well. So we are actually going to be running it back old school style and talking about the cipher. I'll catch you guys right after this. What's going on, people? So we got my sister in the building. I have been hyping this interview up uh, earlier in the show. And so my sister, Trish, is joining us to have a discussion about Nas's album, King Disease 2. Uh, my sister, who's a big streamer when it comes to music, I'm sure she'll plug her YouTube channel and everything, so go and support her. But I thought it would be interesting to have a conversation with you for a couple of reasons on this. One, this is your first time listening to a full Nas project, Right. And then B, like, Nas is such a, he's been around forever. And, like, a lot of his his last two projects have really, I think, put him on a different, um, introduced him to, like, the whole new generation of people who didn't know his music from before. So I figured it would be good to talk about. So I guess just first off, what was it like listening to your first Nas project? Definitely different than what I expected. Because I figured his music was going to be a little different style than what the rappers are now because he did come out, like, he didn't come out, like, you know, recently, like, what I'm used to. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, I know it was going to be a little different, but I didn't think it was going to be like different as like how it was. I thought it was going to be, I don't know. Cause like he was his, like the beat. I, I love the beat to his music, you uh-huh. know? And it, I feel like the beat and the music was just everything. Like not, it wasn't just the music, you know? Yeah. And that, and so. that's, so it's funny because like as somebody who's been listening to Nas forever, um, one of his, one of the biggest critiques on Nas has been his production. So his last two albums, Hit Boy did his last two full albums. And I think that's what has like brought more people to like realize that Nas is just a dope ass artist. So like a lot of the music that you listen to and review isn't as like a calm lyrical delivery like Nas. So did that mm-hmm. was that did that take you a little while to start appreciating or or what did that do for you as far as the way that Nas Nas raps? Because I haven't tried to listen to a lot of more like lyrical artists because you know that's not what I'm used to. Yeah. So it is kind of hard to like, like kind of like vibe to it because I feel like that's more music you have to like listen to to yeah. like understand it. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just like you know, like I mean you can feel it, but you gotta listen, listen to understand yeah. where you come where you're coming from. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, and see that and that's and that is the difference in in hip hop. And I think a lot of people who like are like for my and by the way, if you guys haven't been able to tell there. It's quite an age difference between me and my sister. It's 10 years between <laughs> us. Um, but uh, I think that's the difference between, like, what we looked at for music when I was your age and what you guys look at. And there's not, and I, and, you know, I used to be on, like, that thing of, like, music doesn't have meaning anymore. And it's like, all right, like, at the end of the day, music always evolves, right? It changes, and it's going to change for each generation. But I think, like, we didn't have it. Our, our generation, if we wanted to, quote, unquote, vibe, we didn't call it back then. We had Lil John. We had uh, Ludacris. We had people like that, right? And so, like, Nas and his generation and the people that he came up in, it wasn't music to vibe with. It was music to sit down and listen to what they had to say. Um, what was your favorite song on the album? My favorite song was probably uh, Brunch on Sunday. Okay. Okay. That was that was, that was a, nice, a really good one. The, I did, everything about that song was just nice. It gives you on that, like, Sunday 
Sunday mood because on Sundays I just want to chill and that's like a song you just chill and cling <laughs> yeah, to. For sure, for sure. Yeah. My favorite one was Forty Side. Um, and a couple of reasons for that. that. Was good. Yeah, I think what he's talking about. The closer I get to, God damn, the fact I'm going to be thirty five is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, you basically forty. <laughs> exactly. The closer, the closer I get to forty, uh, like. I understand what he's talking about then, but I also think that the fact that he took a flow that is like some, like a, a type of style that is like what people nowadays do, but he still had the meaning behind the lyrics in it was just dope to me. It was a dope mm-hmm. concept yeah. of what he, what he used there and the way that he executed it. But, uh, and I forget the name of the track, the song he has with Lauren Hill. And I know, Oh, that one was a good one, man. Listen. And so, okay. So let me ask you this. What do you know of Lauren Hill as an artist? Anything? I just know one song. What is it? Uh, do do Doopy. Yeah, that's Do-wop. the only one I know. So Lauren yeah. Lauren Hill is one of the most vicious MCs of all time. Like people know her as a singer now, most mostly. Um, I want mm-hmm. you to go back and I want you to listen to the song called "Lost Ones." Uh, after mm-hmm. this, and I want you to I want you to tell me what you feel because like she wrote a diss song for Wyclef John, and it's one of the most vicious diss songs ever. Um, but Lauren yeah. Hill was is, is she was part of the Fugees. Uh, she has one of the best solo albums of all time with the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. It's like a perfect album, and then she basically just went away and lived her life afterwards. She didn't keep dropping music. People been waiting for a follow up for so a while. She only dropped one, only one one solo album ever, and then just walked like basically walked away. Damn. Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? Wow. Uh, yeah, and she like a legend, basically. For, off like, one album. Put her up there. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> listening to this album as as you make your way through it, I know you said this is this was an album that you had to like really sit down and listen to. Did that work for or against the album for you? Like having to sit down and really take in what he was saying. Did you find yourself like having to struggle to get through it, or because of how good the music was, did you appreciate it? Both struggle because sometimes like my attention span is like, uh, you know what I'm saying? But like, but it made me actually want to listen because it's, I knew like each song was going to be different and not just, not the same like type of story or like, like a uh, vibe or anything. So it made me like really want to listen and see where he going with in all songs. Mm. Has it, has it changed? Like you going back and listening to the vibe music, has it changed your ability to do that at all? Like, do you now wish that more, there was more meaning in some of the music you listen to? I do, I do, I really do, I really do. It's just like I was just like I told you, I was just listening to King Von, and he's a, he's a rapper that like to tell stories, which I I really like, but you know not a lot of rappers do that. So yeah. So like for me, like okay, so on the flip side, right? Nas is one of the first older artists that you listen to fully, and you you got it. For me, on the other side, like a younger artist that I've really really gotten into is Lil Baby. I fucking love Lil Baby love, right now, man. I like love Lil Baby. And it, He's the best rapper alive in my Like, right and, and it's so crazy. Like, like he caught my eye first when oh, his features, because he kills every single feature he's ever been on. And I remember I listened to Lil Baby, like, when he first came out, and I was like, this dude is trash. But he's really developed into, like, a fucking dope-ass artist, and it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know you liked Lil Baby like that, so that's... That's what's up. Maybe a little dirt thing, my tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> so, have you gone back and listened to any more any of Nas's other music since you listened to this album? No, this is something I'm to listen to. Oh, Ether. Yeah, I sent her Ether people. Yeah. So, 
you listen to the greatest diss track of all time, other than Story of Adidon, which is fucking bananas. Mm-hmm. Pusha T's diss song to Drake. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What um, what did you think about the track with Eminem? Oh, it was nice, Eminem. He is crazy. Like, <laughs> I, I, he's just he's somebody you really gotta listen to. Like you, he just keep going. Like he yeah. just keep spinning, 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 spinning. I'm like, God damn. It's like he don't take no break. He don't got. He don't stop. breathe. He keep going. Exactly. Like he. I know. Like he. He has a a problem with oxygen because he doesn't need it at all. <laughs> like and, and look. Um, Eminem is still one of those artists where I go back and listen to some of the stuff that he first came out with, and I still catch things that I didn't catch back then, and it blows my mind. Because he, like, yeah, I'm gonna have to. That's with him. You have to do that. You yeah. have to listen to it multiple times. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what did you think about the track that he did with uh, a boogie with the hoodie? No, that's my that's my other favorite. He up <laughs> there top three, so I love that one. I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, so hey, Boogie, hey, Boogie did his thing. You got you got to listen to the, to the first King's Disease because I think you really enjoy that because he did he did songs with uh, Big Sean on there. He got a song with Lil Durk on there. He got a song with Anderson Pac on there. Uh, Fivo Foreign and ASAP Ferg on that on King's Disease one. So like he worked with a lot of younger artists on the first King's Disease. So you probably would appreciate that one more. Um, but uh, overall, what do you, what's, what rating are you giving King's Disease to? I'll say 10 out of 10. And that's honest. Like <laughs> like I said, it's a, a, a really nice album to, like, the beats, the production, like, everything, the lyrics and everything. Like, and I love how he put, like, like rappers nowadays on it and mm-hmm. then, like, rappers, like, you know, back in his days on it, too. Like, I don't know, I just think, I think that's fire because then it, like, and then he put, like, them two, like, on, like, because um, a couple songs where he put, like, older, older rappers and then, like, a, mm-hmm. a younger on the same song. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, and it wasn't, it was, like, perfect. Like, it wasn't, like, you know, like, when some people do that, it's, like, what the hell? Like, one person fucks it up. But yeah. it wasn't like that. Like, it was, it was tired. So. That's how. And I, I like how he even, oh, my bad. No, go ahead. I like how he even switches flow up a little bit, like, on, like, songs. Like, I feel like with the YG song, it sounded like a YG song. Yeah. But it still sounded like a nice song, too. Yeah. So, I was, like. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I forgot what I was gonna say now. What was I? What was I saying? I don't even remember. <laughs> um, don't get old, sis. Don't get old. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting there. You know what? You know what's funny is that how me and you both became creatives and didn't really like. I had no idea you were doing YouTube seriously like you did, and so like I spent a whole night like watching just some of your YouTube videos, and I'm like, look at my little sister, man. It's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I know that is crazy. And, and you know we do a lot of stuff alike. I know, but and see that's the thing that's even funnier about it is that I would say me and you are the quietest two in the whole family. And for us to be the ones that are in front of cameras doing doing this is is wild. Crazy. Because if anybody would have said that that somebody would have became like doing something like this creative, I would have easily said Cheyenne because she loves drama and she loves being in front of a camera. So it's like <laughs> so it's it's funny that it worked that it worked out that way. What um you said that we're we're a lot alike. What does that ever freak you out? Sometimes I don't want to be like you. <laughs> <laughs> what the, damn? What the hell does that mean? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, just sometimes it's just like just thinking about like how we go like a, a like a part of things. Like I feel like me and you, like what our family when it do be drama or just like. 
people we we stay we don't be in that we just we try to make everything like peaceful and just like yeah you know so it's just like i don't know it's, it's it is interesting it's very interesting yeah me too like you know i i i'll sit back and just watch people as long as don't nobody say shit crazy to my mama i don't i ain't got time for none of that because <laughs> i remember that one time <laughs> oh yeah i psh, yeah. listen i and it's it's crazy because you would think the older i get the calmer i'll get about it and i think i've gotten crazier but like i i hate to see any, like at the slightest thing like me thinking somebody got smart with mom i'll be ready to fight <laughs> and it's like don't don't I'm like that was shot yeah <laughs> yeah, you, yeah hey, chill, chill on my mama but i ain't gonna i ain't gonna air our family drama but you know you know that one time i flipped the hell out on on unk so yeah. <laughs> i had the whole family in that oh, group chat like ready like everybody's probably shaking their head and then i didn't know grams was in the group chat i'm like damn i wouldn't have said all that had i known grams was in there <laughs> she just don't say anything yeah she yeah. don't be paying attention um but all right sis go ahead and give them your uh your youtube page where they can catch you doing your music reviews and now you're doing some vlog and stuff i see you growing over there yeah we was doing some vlogs we, <laughs> we, i'm gonna try to do another one before you leave okay but um so it's t e e then space g that's my youtube um i was wondering are you recording are you recording so i can put this on my youtube yeah i'm recording i can send it to you but uh yeah y'all go and support my sister because she does her damn thing and that is it for this review of nas king disease 2 we'll see you guys later thanks for having me on here it was fun it's a celebration you know we're celebrating four years of the awakening so and i figure why not have somebody who's just as responsible for the branding me get like helping me learn about branding and everything um somebody who's known me before i started being a creative and knows me afterwards we got miss b current design is in the building the best graphic designer in the world brooke is here uh -huh. what's going on hello everyone do i need to lean down like no that? just talk okay just talk it's kind of hard when you get called big head ass before I mean, you got a big head. I was I was late, everyone. That's you were late. No -no. You almost got fired. And That's what almost happened. Yeah. My apologies. Mm -hmm. All these international brands that I'm in charge of now. Right, ain't nobody trying to hear none of that <laughs> shit you're talking about. Nobody cares about any of that. I don't care about no international brands. I do. The Awakened Soul is your is your number one and top priority. Thank you very much. Okay. Is it not? Well, it's like my third. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I, I can accept that. I can accept this is, I'm in the top three. We're good. We're good. So anyway, so I wanted to bring you on for a couple of reasons. I Like, honestly, I wanted to have a conversation with somebody who, like, seen has seen my growth, seen, like, just me stepping into a whole world that I didn't know before, which... I had no idea how to be creative. I had no idea how to market. I had no idea how to do any of that. And so, like, through talking to you and stuff, I've learned the importance of branding. I've learned the importance of, like, having your shit in order, just to be frank. Um, you've definitely helped me with that. So, like, I wanted to have that conversation to help creatives. I wanted to have that talk with you. Like, and, you know, this is much of a celebration about my growth in the podcast growth as it is trying to educate any new podcasters, any podcasters who are trying to get over the hump. So I figured this would be a good conversation to have on both sides of that. So I have to ask you, 
after that first conversation we had about Brandy, are you not happy how far I've come? Because I know I had you frustrated this hell that first conversation. I am absolutely um, amazed, if I could sum it up, because you listened to me. <laughs> That's always great. Um, and you take it seriously, like, as we grow as artists and creatives, a lot of people want our knowledge and don't really take heed to it. They're like, oh, okay, sometimes. But you just kind of let me do my thing with you and and you you listened and you, you're excited about your brand and that excites me as a designer, as a brand consultant. And so I'm excited to, to see you grow and to help you evolve. Um, it's, it's definitely aided or aided in your credibility, your confidence. Um, so that, that definitely helps. So yes, it's, it's pretty incredible. I'm, I'm excited to see, um, where you go. What's um, because <laughs> I think we need to have a real conversation, right? Okay. My first logo. How disappointed were you and me because of that? I mean, <laughs> as I always tell my clients, it was a nice foundation, <laughs> but I didn't really see that wasn't. <sighs> I'm like, are you a rapper or I mean, what's going on here? Um. I just knew, I just saw better for you. And I had listened to your content and I'm like, yeah, this, this could go farther. This could go, um, this could reach the masses. So I'm a visionary. So I always dream bigger, see bigger. And I asked him, I remember our conversation. I said, where do you want to take this? And he was like, I already told you, you know, and I'm like, no, no. What do you want to do with this? Do you want it to just be a hobby? Do you want it to be, you know, something that grows into something that it is now and even bigger. And so, yeah, I knew I could help get you there and, and help, um, companies look at you seriously and help you make some money. Cause that's what it's about. Right the bag that's it's so funny like because when i started this i don't even th think i said it on the first episode like it was kind of just i sat down and i just recorded it but like like you said like i think as as my content grew as i knew who i wanted to touch as i knew what i wanted to deliver of course that my idea and my vision on that is as it, it grew with it and so like it went from this thing where i was like i didn't even really expect that many people to listen to it to like now the fact that it's syndicated on the radio in a couple of places, like that shit's wild to me. And like, I think sometimes I don't slow down enough to really think about, and this isn't to, to just brag, like to how far I've made it because it's been hard ass work. Um, I remember like the first two years of this, I like, even now I'm four years into that. And I think I did the math. Even if I dropped an episode every week over that, I should be at like 200 and like 10 episodes. I'm at 220. So I have more episodes than weeks the podcast has been available, which is just, it's crazy to me. Um, but it takes that work. And I know people like, 
you you can grow in podcasting without necessarily dropping every week because every week is, every podcast and podcast isn't weekly. But I think for me, the consistency, whatever you decide you're gonna do, stick to it. Be consistent, and that helps. Like I've always said, like part of the thing that helped me grow so much is that people knew. I, I don't drop on. I drop more Monday mornings now. I've so, slowly got to that, but people knew. Every Sunday, 3 p.m. for the first two years, that's when the Awakened Soul was going to be available. And and literally, like I would I would set my episodes to record, and I knew by 5 p.m. Sunday I was going to start getting tweets or messages about the content. And so, it it just really like puts me in a spot. And like the the four, and I wasn't going to do anything for four years. I was like, I might as well just wait till the fifth year. And then like I started getting messages of people like, Hey, it's your anniversary. What are you doing? And I'm like, Damn, I got to do something. It's like, Man, four years. To think that I wasn't a creative at all, to become a creative, I've dropped two short films, I've won three short film festivals, like, I'm working on another short film, like, and all of that started with this, like, now I have this whole production, it's crazy. Isn't that amazing? And it all started with a damn headset and a and a computer not even a microphone oh i thought you were gonna say the logo but whatever but i mean no that no but no i'm saying that's where the podcast started but no no Mm -hmm. seriously the um when i first sat down with you for the first real logo of the awakened soul that you did it felt like okay i'm here now like Mm -hmm. like it it gave me something to be proud of and it, it it that did put me in a branding because now not only did and i have to commend you because not only did you make a logo for me but you made something that has become iconic with the awakened soul now and that's the sound wave <laughs> like like i mean just, i'm gonna pull this up for a second but like this it's a modified version of it but like so like people know now when they see that wave like i don't even necessarily have to put the awakened soul logo that red wave people know whose that is and it's 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 crazy really to think about it um then the the king hayes logo that you did for me as well is iconic now too like it's crazy yeah it's crazy so when i call myself king hayes you know that's your fault right like that is absolutely your fault well uh i mean you know hey you're a king. <laughs> I'm not going to deny it. What, what do you see? Like, so, like I said, I wanted this to be as much as a, of a celebration and education for people who are listening. What do you think people don't understand about branding when they first get into, like, being a creator? What are some of the, the common themes that you see people miss when they, when they start this journey? It's an investment. You get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I think a lot of people now I understand budgets and stuff like that, but you have to set aside marketing dollars Mm. and branding and design and all of that is a part of it. Um, I guess me personally, like I don't want to just get and now granted you have your budget, whatever, but I don't want to spend $25 on a logo that that's just me i mean i understand budgets but i want somebody who knows what they're doing um if i have to bargain and do it like that but i want somebody that if i'm trying to go higher if i'm trying to be serious about something i want to align myself with people who are about that life and who are um subject matter experts um in that area so i yeah (laughs) <laughs> no, I agree with you. And I think that's something that I've had to learn too. That's why like 
you've seen as my podcast has grown, I went from, well, A, it was a safety net for me to always have a guest on every episode mm-hmm. to now like more episodes. I'm by myself more times than not. But then when I do work with people or when I like actually, I'll, I'll collab with anybody, but like when I actually like work with somebody on something, whether it's a festival, it's all strategic because mm-hmm. I think for a long time, the people that I collab with and work with got more out of me than what I would have ever gotten out of our partnership. Mm -hmm. And that was strictly just because my mind has been on business. Mm -hmm. You feel me? My mind has been on, people are in this to have fun. And that's fine. And let me say, I'm not vilifying that. That is perfectly fine to have fun. And there's a lane for that. But like people will collab with you because they see that you do hard work and that you put in brand for your marketing. And they're thinking, Oh, by me having this person on, I'm going to get this amount of listeners and not ever thinking what they can give yeah. back. So, like, now, like, people like Rod, uh, people like Maddie, um, people like Red Herring, like, uh, Baylor, of course, my family from the breaks and everything. Like, I work with those people specifically almost, like, more times than not, they're the ones I reach out to first because I know they take this as serious as I do. And, like, Rod from the Blunt Effect podcast, me and him, we recorded one day and then we were talking. You know, I don't like talking that much. Yeah, uh, but we were talking afterwards for like two hours just on like what two like yeah seriously like <laughs> like promo ideas how we can like interchange content and like we can help like and that's the stuff that I'm in this like I spent a long time with this giving and not not necessarily that I want to receive but I want to build and that's the difference is I want to build I want to deal with people who I can build with and and do stuff like that with and like even when I was doing the unruly creatives. And we had we did amazing content, but like it was looking back at it, and this is not a shot, looking back at it, that's when I was at my height of like my popularity. And I could tell that it was like, all right, well, if we partner with him, we can ride this mm. out. And it was like, that's cool to a degree, because those are my still, those are my people still. Like in real life, those are my people. But it's like at some point, I can't beat because just like this year, I've taken more more weeks off this year than i have at any point in time but it's like once i'm not the i can't be everybody's machine i'm my own machine now we can be machines together and then we can go further because we're working together but like for me it's like if i'm going if i'm going to be the machine i might as well just do it myself yeah i i feel you on that because i've had an evolution of my own brand and my own business um, where I've, I've had to, I noticed myself wanting it more than other, more than <laughs> the people I was working for. Yeah. And they would literally, <clears throat> if I didn't set boundaries or, you know, say I consult and stuff like that, they would just suck me dry. Yeah. And I would be exhausted. I used to like be up more hours than sleeping. And I thought I was doing something, but I was actually going in circles. Yeah. And I had to say, you know, I'm not growing here. And I feel like I'm the smartest person in the room, if mm-hmm. you will. But I think with just, yeah, setting the boundaries and saying, I need to be around people who are like-minded and who can take this, take me and my brand to the next level. I've got to center myself around people who have vision, who have drive, who have, you know, that same work ethic, but 
we feed off of each other because yeah. I, I, yeah, I like to grow and self-develop and evolve as a brand and I wasn't, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, 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 you know, and again, this, this, you know, I have a whole segment on that, so I'm not going to dive into like the original Love, Lust, and Bad SO because part of, part of what happened there was that like, I had a vision for growth. Mm-hmm. That vision wasn't shared. Okay. I can't stagnate. I cannot no, stagnate. No. And you know, and you one thing that you as knowing me outside of just creative, like I can't. Like that's just I have never been, and one of the reasons why I've been a manager at every job and I've always gotten promoted is because this whole thing of it's working, let's just keep doing the same thing, never works for me. No. That's disgusting to me. Like I literally get so disappointed by that that idea because it's like all right, but we need to innovate. Like yes. we need to change. And I we're get progressives. Not, not making change just for change's sake, but at the same time, like you can't just because something is working doesn't mean that same thing is always going to work. And if you just focus on the fact that it's working now, when things start changing and and evolving, you're gonna be behind. You're gonna find yourself from being at the front of the line to the back of the line very quickly. And like one of the things that I that I will say is that like with video, for example, me using video for my podcast, like. I, I started doing that at a time where not everybody was using video. I was just using a webcam. And, it, you know, it wasn't the most immaculate thing ever. Like, looking back at it, some of that shit is really, really trash. But um, me putting my face out there uh, very early on and realizing the power in video has helped me stay ahead of the game. Now, if you look at it, almost every creative has to have some form of video content. That video is king. Yeah. And it's and it's weird because it doesn't have to be record, record video of your full episodes from start to finish. Some of it is just use visit video for marketing. That's what video for me. My YouTube like some some of my videos get like seven hundred views and it's like that's dope when it happens. But the YouTube never really pops hugely. But what I have noticed for me is that when I started using video for marketing and promotion, that I found that I would gain new listeners at almost like a 120% higher rate than what I was when I was just doing the audiogram clips. And so it's it's power in video. People, even if they go and listen to you later, the fact that they've seen your face and now they can attach a face to that voice helps hugely. So like, that's the next question that I want to ask you. Even as like you who, you're a creative, but you're not like a, a creative that's forward facing. I'm an right? artist. You're an artist. You're right. I'm sorry. You're an artist. You're an artist. Creative is for us people who... Who aren't at the level you are absolutely an artist, but like, do you like? Have you found that you need to start using video for your brand as well? Yes, I have. Well, to evolve my brand, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm more of a worker bee. I like to be behind the scenes. Um, but for your work, not necessarily for you to be in front. But my work is me sometimes. Your work is you all the time. Like let let's, let let me let me be clear here, and I and I need to give you your flowers as well. I know I shouted you out for helping me get my branding, but like outside of just it being self serving with the podcast, like you know a brook design when you see it. Really? I, yeah, you have, and this thing is like not it's not like you have like a certain font or anything that you use, but I think with what you do, with, and this is why you are an artist, you capture the essence of either the person behind the brand. Or what the brand's goal is in every single thing that you do. Um, like, I've sent a bunch of creatives to you, like Extra Regular. Mm-hmm. When you did their, their, when you, and I know they're no longer around, but when you upgraded their stuff, it was like, for a podcast that really, it's hard to put in the words what they do. Mm-hmm. Like, when I saw that Extra Regular design, I was like, 
you captured it. Um, all of mine, you've done the breaks. You did the Awakened Soul. You did Film Frequency. You did every except except my new Chicago Bulls podcast, which I did great on that one. Is that the one? Mm. <gasps> I don't. It's a bull, right? Yeah. Can I? Yeah, you can. Oh. But nonetheless, um. <laughs> but no, no, great no, no. foundation. Thank you. My line. <laughs> no, but and I try not to bother you, but like, yeah, you, you really mm-hmm. do. You, you capture it, and I've seen like work that you've done for like athletes and shit too, and it's that you've like. So let, let, yeah, let's give you your flowers for a minute. <laughs> let's give you your flowers. Thanks. When you started off in this journey of becoming an artist, did you take a class first? Did you like what 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 started you? Because like for me, it was easy. I picked up a microphone, I talked my shit. But what is it uh, the difference for like a, a artist? Like how did you start this journey? Well, I was born into it. My mom is a creative. My dad's a musician. Uh, Her mom a fine too, yo. um but um so i my dad's side is a a very artistic creative like abyss um there's three graphic designers musicians and all of that painters interior decorators um singers so it was like in my blood i kind of fought art early on i was going to be a doctor an obstetrician but I was sitting in class, I was actually flunking science, <laughs> but uh, medical biology. So I saw someone uh, do some multimedia project and I was like, how do you do that? So I switched my major as a freshman, um, became got in art classes, found that it came very easy. I didn't wanna be a starving artist, so that's why I signed up for graphics because that's where you get paid. And, um, so it just came kind of easy. Mm. Um, I've just been an artistic kid most, all of my life really. But um, so just doing, just being an artist and, and designing and seeing color and things like that, that, that just, yeah, it just came naturally. So I just wanted to do something that was fun. And I, I didn't want to complain about having a job you know, day in and day out. I wanted to do something with purpose and passion. Um, so yeah, I became a designer, but then I had to evolve because I was strictly print mm-hmm. and I'm like, Ugh. everybody's going digital. Everybody's doing electronics. Yeah. So I had to evolve that. And so I, uh, learned websites, um, and kind of people started asking me, well, you know, industry trends and stuff like that. So I, I evolved to a brand consultant and a social media specialist or whatever. So yeah, I just, it came naturally. I wanted to make something, it was progressive too. Um, I wanted to make money and yeah. So now it's more evolving into branding and mentoring. That's my next, my next step. When are you, you going to start doing classes? You know, I did a, cl- a class a while ago, but I I don't, I mean. Because that, that I mean, and you know. 
we don't always want to like go focus on monetization. Like that doesn't need to be the focus, especially because you do you already do this for a living. But I think like you have such a, a skill set and a um and one that people are trying to learn more themselves now that like even if you did like an hour long masterclass, like you would, it, creators would eat that up out the wazoo. I just have to do it. Yeah, I mean, luckily, you know, you know, a videographer who can set up live streaming for you. and Leo. Yeah, and I mean, uh, my team in Kansas City. Yeah, I could. <laughs> is that is that the is that the route you want to go no, with this? No, it's <laughs> you, <laughs> of course, of course. But no, you I'm got not... all the greatness here that I know nothing, hardly anything about. So, yeah, you're my subject matter expert. <laughs> and it's it's and that's the thing. Like I always people always ask me. um, and that's why I could never call myself an artist. I'm a creative because nothing that I learn is nothing is nothing other people can't learn. Like even me with like what I do with videography, like two years ago, I didn't know what the hell none of this shit was. <laughs> so like <laughs> it, it, it like seriously, like it, in the in the span of two years, the amount of knowledge that I've been able to gain through like trial and error, the U- YouTube University, which is where I live at, um, it's been amazing. And I think that. And even taking it outside of that, like even before video, like what I know with audio editing and the fact that I can produce mm-hmm. radios, like I learned all that yeah. shit myself. Um, and, you, you know, I, we live in an age now and I think people, people, it used to be this barrier where like you would see people with like these skills and you would think like, damn, how much time went into that? How much, how much schooling did they have to do for it? And now like people give away that information for free. Like you just gotta go out there and find it. Um, and the truth, the truth is though, honestly, people think, oh, because I've been doing this a little over fifteen years, mm-hmm. I'm still learning. Yeah, I don't know everything that, about. That's a great point. The creative suite. That's that is a great point. There's something I learned with as much as I've been doing audio. Like literally, I was in here and I was trying to figure out how to get like it was some like frequency or something that was getting in there. And I was trying to my best to figure out how to do it. And like I've been doing this shit for years at this point. And I hit up Dan from Black Law and Legal Eyes. And he was like, Oh, go in here, change this, scan this, and then do it. And literally, like my sound, even my I've been getting props on how my podcast has sound literally from the beginning. But like the last 10 episodes, of people who have that ear, I know most people won't, but like it's sounding even better now. I'm still learning how to improve on this every single day. Um and it just got it, it, and that goes back into like for people who do this for fun. I almost envy them. That's why I say I don't look. I you, there was a point at honestly, I think it was my ignorance, arrogance to just be to admit it of like I used to look down like people just do this for fun. No, you gotta put time and cut it in. But like honestly, at this point now, I, I almost envy them in a way because the people who literally sit down in front of their computer, record, don't worry about editing, throw in some music and upload it. And they just have fun. I almost, I, at this point now, the OCD in me would not allow me to even do that. Like, there's times where I'm sitting there, like, videos that I post on my social media, like, just for whatever. I'm sitting there, oh, let me download Premiere Pro on my phone so I can edit it and and do this. It's like, bro, like. (laughs) (laughs) It's because it's, as I like to call it. You have a spirit of excellency. People call it perfectionist, but you just don't want to put anything out there. You mm. you take pride in what you put out there. So just just rest in that. 
and keep doing what you're doing. Because well, I, I know that. I'm going to put out, a try, you know, that's my goal. I don't just put out anything. And I sometimes have to reel it back because it's like, oh, that's not. <laughs> or if the client chooses something that I don't. Oh, my geez. Now that I've been doing videos for people, <laughs> it pisses me off so bad. You don't want that. Or like when I do photography for people and they show up with certain outfits and I'm like. Like a pattern, like stripes and a pattern and oh. solid colors, people. Solid colors. Solid colors are your friend. I was like, does everything have to be loud <laughs> at different levels at that? Like, that's just. You say, well, this isn't going on my uh, portfolio. Eight, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. And like, I'm literally, I'm going through like archives and stuff. Legacy Visions page, like in the next week, it's going to be more of a portfolio thing. Mm -hmm. I want to get my hands on that. But anyway. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All your brands, sir, have the power to go as far as you want them to go. I, well, I think, too, like, I have learned to give up the reins in certain degrees with stuff. So, like, with the breaks radio, as much as, like, that was the baby that started with me, Johnny, and Ralph, like, now that Mary, Marquis, and Baylor are my co-hosts there, and Mary works for Rock the Bells. She's legit. She worked for Hot, Hot 97 before then. Like, I literally, and, it, and it's freeing in a way because, like, whatever she has, it's like, that's what we do. Like, I, I'm not going to question you. So, like, like in a lot of ways, like, that has become her show. And I, lo and I love that for her. I love that for the, the whole team. And then, like, with... Um, the film for which JB's taking a hiatus, so it's been back on me. So I've kind of taken the reins back on that. Um, but so like I've I've really been able to narrow my focus on the Awaken Soul, Legacy Visions, and the Break Media as a whole company. Mm -hmm. But like the podcast, I've kind of been able to let that let that go a little bit. Um, and I feel like like you, like it's it's mentoring in a way, right? Because it's like all right, I can set the foundation, but it's your job to build on top of it. Because, like, I, one thing that I realized is, like, with Legacy Visions, really, once that once I realized that I wanted to make that a company, I set a goal by the end of 2022, that being my main income. So because of that, I had to let the, the reins of other things yeah. go. And yep. that was one of the hardest fucking things I've ever done in my life. Who are you telling? Like, I, had to, I merged my design yeah, company ink, with right? black ink and like, i'm like i, I could Ooh. not believe you did that i know but i understood why because you have a machine behind you now you did it by yourself for for 14 years so yeah yeah i actually my person my b current design co started from being bored at my nine to five mm -hmm. so that i mean it, it was it was time it was like three to four years old. Um, and I just wasn't, I was spinning. I was going nowhere. So I had to take the, because I teamed up with people who had the same vision, if not better. And it literally, hope prayerfully, it'll uh, skyrocket this year, later this year. So I have to put all my, or most 90% of my energy into black ink. And uh, yeah, we're building. A lovely empire, and it's all for black people, black and, and brown. Black is beautiful. Black it is, is and that, and so I okay. 
This black, is the black People have asked me <laughs> why there are no white podcasters on the breaks media. Mm-hmm. And not that I'm against it, right? Mm-hmm. But the Awakened Soul started with the premise of, and I'm half white, so like let's let's make it clear. You don't say. Um, but it started with wanting to tell black stories. It's it's wanting to create a platform that was for us, and I feel like even if you look at record labels like that are black, once they start allowing white people in, it it, it does introduce you to a new base, but it also changes the look of your company. And for me, the Burks Media is black as black can be, and I wanted to keep it that way. And you know, I people ask me that all the time. They're like, "Well, you can add diversity." And it's like, right now, I'm not worried about diversity. Yeah, I'm. I'm really not. I'm worried about. I'm worried about my people. I'm worried about telling our stories. And um, because of that, I'm. I'm gonna ride it out. Do it, cause yeah. I, we sure are. I mean, I am. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think it's a hot market right now with everything that's going on there's black marketing dollars like insane and i'm talking budgets like crazy so yeah don't leave no money on the table so to wrap this up going into year five it's time for a rebrand of the awakening soul okay i'll cut that part out don't worry about it i'll cut it out so before we end um a, tell them where they can find you, but B, I want you just off the top. And I know you hate it when I put you on the spot, right? I I, I, <laughs> I want you to give one goal for me and you both in our, in our creativity to come back at this time next year when we're celebrating year five, the end of year five. What are we going to accomplish? What's going to happen for, well, let's not be current co anymore, for Black Ink. And what's going to happen for the UA console in the next year? Hopefully, no, we will definitely be, I don't know, this is, see, I definitely want success and I want next level success and I want people to not only know our names, more more people to know our names but we will be leaders in the game period all right now so when you say that i'm gonna have a con i'm gonna do a live show and everybody all the women's toes gotta be out okay i'm gonna call it toe fest <laughs> okay Totastic. Totastic. <laughs> totastic. Yeah. Okay. That's what we the totastic toes. Uh huh. No, I'm just talking shit. Um, I I can't wait to like totally. And I, and I was <laughs> and so for me like I I was preparing to start. I was gonna announce a, a live show with Delta. I'm gonna wait again, but not my birthday this year. My birthday t- 2022. So dis- around December 5th, 2022, I'm gonna have a live show. And my goal for it is to be an event, meaning that I want music, I want a comedian, I want, I want an experience. Uh, and and you know, one of the first things that you say about the Awakening Soul is that it's an audio experience, but I want the live experience. And so, I I've done live shows for like almost, well, I've done live shows for Love, Lust, and Badass Soul. I've done live panels and shit for festivals, but like 
the Awakened Soul show, and it's going down. It's, I already know it's going to happen in Chicago and December. And it sucks because it's going to be cold as shit in December in, in Chicago, but I got to make it happen. And that's my goal. I'm not going to rest until it happens. Good. So, but all right, tell them where they can follow you. Let's get the hell up out of here. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at bcurrent underscore bu. Um, you can, let's see, Brooke Hawkins on Facebook, um, the Black Gold Mine on Twitter. Um, yeah. Or my website, bcurrentdesignco.com. Mm. That needs updating. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and we got we got to revamp the Breaks Media website, like, completely. F- I want to tear it down from top to bottom. Okay. So, I'm putting your ass to work. That has Always. been Always. <laughs> and, Brooke, I want to thank you for joining me for this segment. We will be right back after this where we are going to get into... I'll let you guys know when when we get there. I'll see you guys right after this. All right. All right. So after those two segments, the Cypher coming back in 2021, I honestly don't think I've done a Cypher segment since 2019. Um, if even then, it may be 2018. Uh so, you know, that was great. We got had Brooke come in um, to kind of set the stage for what we're going to go into. But now it's time for the meat and potatoes, the last segment of this four year anniversary of the Awakened Soul. And that's me kind of recapping everything. And so I want to start with year one. Year one of the Awakened Soul was such a weird time in my life. Right. I had gone. I was going through so much change um, with my family, with like. I've talked about it, so go back and listen to those episodes. I'm not going to, because if I dig deep into that, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole and stay in that. But focus on the creativity, right? The Awakened Soul started from this idea of I had been working on this wrestling podcast for a while and I wanted to do something more meaningful. I learned all this editing and everything and I wanted to do something more meaningful. And the Awakened Soul, the name almost immediately came to me. It has nothing to do with being woke. People should know this by now. I feel like I address this every so often. And in that time, right, in that first year, the first episode of The Awakened Soul got 12 downloads. 12 in the first week. Um, It's got way more than that now. 12. And you would have thought I sold out Madison Square Garden um, because that's how much it meant to me, just that even those 12 people would listen to me. And then... You know, get hearing feedback from the people that I rock with and the people that mean uh, the world to me in this creative thing. Shout out to like Billy Ray Valentine, Andrew Bello, uh, Fame Black, um, Misery Williams, my mama. Like some of the first people who like listened to that first episode of The Awakened Soul and hit me back with feedback. And I was like, all right, maybe I'm on to something. It felt right. Right. Like if you go back and listen to the episode, I was nervous as hell because uh, it was like really my first time podcasting solo wise. Um And it made me nervous, but I fucking did it. And, you know, that whole first year was just a learning curve for me. It was me finding out who I was now as a podcaster solo. It was me finding out things about me as a man as well. Like it was my year of turning 30. Like, I, you know, I was I was going through so much things all happening at the same time. You heard it when I talked to Brooke, like. I, I kind of just started it. I didn't have an idea for a brand. I didn't have a, I didn't, I came quickly thereafter. I think around the six month mark is when I started thinking, no, there's something 
really special here, right? Because of the listenership, because of the engagement, because of all that. And then it just, it it worked. It worked. It worked. It brought things out of me. Um, somebody who I'm a, I'm an introverted as hell. I don't like to talk. I do not like to talk in real life. That may sound weird for people who like only know me through podcasting. I hate to talk. So, um, finding that out about myself, getting over my fear of public speaking. It was the first couple of times that I had gotten asked, like do anything public. Um, the festivals hadn't come around at that part, but you know, in within the first year, we had one spinoff of the awakened soul that was love, lust and badass. soul. and you know, the podcast is dormant now. And I, I would like to say what me and AJ built with love, lust and badass. So that's proven as well, because for example, Loveless and Badass Soul hasn't had an episode since March of this year, and this is 2021 for people who are listening, and it's still generating income, still to this day. Um, and you know, with Loveless and Badass Soul, with like me and AJ's fallout and things, and this is something I've never really addressed on on wax before with the podcast, but like that taught me, and you heard me talk about it a little bit when I learned what I um with Brooke is that what that taught me is that not everybody is going to be as hungry as me. It's just not going to be that many, like they, there's not many people who can match the hunger, the determination and the vision that I can have. And that's not as a slight to her at all. But when you look at like that two years that we had with love, lust and badass soul going, where some of the best two years of content of that short, and that matches up with any relationship dating podcast to this day, I stand by that. Um, and you know, and this is a, a, as much of a conversation about my journey as a creative as it is just about the awakened soul. And like the things that I learned about from that, like the awakened soul taught me how to be a, a creator. It taught me how to be, how to put things together. Love us and badass soul taught me that it's okay to be funny. My sense of humor is something that people fucking love. And it's surprising cause I'm an asshole. Um, but I, like, so I was able to meld those two together. And that's kind of the creative you see now where like I'm fine delivering information and in the middle of it saying something off the fucking wall and jumping off of it because that is me. And I always say like when people ask, like, is it hard? And even to this day without Love, Lust and Badass Soul, which Love, Lust and Badass Soul is coming back this week as well for anyone who's listening to it. So be on the lookout for that. But like what that taught me really was all right, I don't have to be as stuffy. Even though I'm delivering serious content, people love this silly, crazy side of haze, and so I'm going to give it to them. And that's exactly what that taught me. Outside of like it teaching me to have my ducks in business in a row, because you never know how things are going to go. The business, the personal, all that stuff. You know, when people ask, and I've never met, like, why Love, Lust, and Badass Soul had to change, and it had to change because I changed as a creator. It had to change because what people liked about that podcast started to change as well. And, and you always have to grow. You heard me say it with Brooke. If you're not growing, you're staying stagnant. And by staying stagnant, you can get passed up. And I refuse to let that happen. And so we fell out because of it. And that's fine. Like, that, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm at peace with that. I don't hold any grudges because of that, because at the end of the day, love, lust and badass soul, while it was as much a us two coming together and I would never act like that, like that would have not been successful just with me. It wouldn't have been as successful with just with her. But the brand at this point, the brand, and that was the thing that I think pulled us away where it was like the personal 
And I couldn't allow it to be that the brand had become something that if we're going to do this, if we're going to be able to continue it and grow it as much as you can, you got to learn to separate the brand from whatever else is going on. And Love, Lust and Bad at Soul, even though AJ left, uh, Queen T had to leave because she wanted to focus on her solo podcast and she had school and shout out to her, me and her still talk. That is still family. Um and then, like, just the whole way that that went. Now, the, the, the how it's coming back is coming back in a great way. Um, but, yeah, so that was, like, the first year, right? And then the second year of The Awakened Soul. Going into the second year of The Awakened Soul, after that first year anniversary, I was riding. And the success of Love, Lust, and Badass Soul, we were planning our live show tour that, at that point. And already did, like, a couple of festivals. And I shut the, the fucking show down uh, and stuff in, in the festivals that I was able to do. My confidence was riding high. So in, in year two of The Awakened Soul, that's when I realized, all right, I'm using guests on every, I was using guests basically on every episode up until then in segments. So like I've always segmented my show um, and I had segments solo, but I had segment with guests, I had whatever. But then it became, all right, let me focus less on having a get finding a guest for each episode. And we're going to redo that and focus on the content. And then as the content dictates, needs i'll bring on a guest when needed and that was like when that first seed started so you'll start learn seeing in like second the second season of the awakened soul it started being less guests more repeat guests like some more of the same people because those are people that i learned to build with and they had similar uh ideologies and everything with me and like the first year was the was building the proof of concept year two was the execution that's when if you notice my segments got a lot more uh better that's when my reliance on like other people's music started going away and i started doing more music on my own for the podcast because that again makes it more marketable you don't have to worry about copyright claims you don't have to worry about a lot of that type of stuff it makes it it gave me more space and opportunity to do those things and also like Awaken Soul used to be like two hour long podcast. So like I learned to condense it. Like, you know, now I'll drop like a 35 minute episode and be fine. So like it became more about the content than anything else. And that's when I started realizing like, okay, people are going to listen to because I, I was I used to shy away from too deep of content. Like I wanted to get deep, but not too deep because I didn't want it to get to the point to where it became like taxing for people mentally or whatever. But then I said, fuck it, let's pull off. Let's go as deep as I want to go with these certain topics. That's when like, for example, um, discovering yourself through divorce, uh, came, I believe was in year two, the, um, deconstructing transphobia series came out in year two. Like that's when those higher concepts started really coming out of me and because I was comfortable now as a creator I was comfortable at knowing what I had to offer and what I could execute so it made all the other things so much easier for me and I can't stress that enough is that in this journey it's not you're not going to be this hell you're not going to be the same podcaster at episode zero at episode 10 at episode 50 at episode 100 like it, you're going to always grow now it may it, initially it's a bigger growth and then it becomes you know smaller more meaningful growths in between those times and, and as it continues but you should always be growing and I like to feel that I've done that with my content I like to feel like I've I've really gotten to a place in year two where it was like all right <laughs> all right like I got this and then you know in year two love less and bad so had his revival or not revival but had its its heights the breaks radio came in year two and that was me Johnny and Ralph 
uh, from oversaturated coming together to create something. We all had this love of hip hop. That idea really spurned from, I think we did an episode um, where we talked about, it was the Eminem verse, like when he dropped that random freestyle. And then we did some other things. We, we did other episodes in between there. Like we've always, had, we always had great chem- chemistry, but it was specifically about this thing that was hip hop, this music thing, this thing that we loved. And so we started that. And not even long after the Breaks Radio started, we got the deal with um, 24-7 Live Hip Hop. And, like, they were a huge website. The owner of that had, like, a million point five followers and hit us up and wanted us to do a podcast on his website. And so we did. We partnered with them. And, again, an episode, uh, uh, example that taught me of you can't partner with everyone. Because even though it was all hip hop, it was all online. He then started like sending notes. The owner like, well, you guys should do this because Breakfast Club did it. We're not doing that shit. This is us. You got us. What we did, what we built was us. So like that relationship came and went. And then like we interviewed Mickey Fax and we interviewed uh, um, the Justice League. And we did a lot of things that were huge for us at that point. Like things that none of us have done in our podcast careers for like working with celebrities and stuff like that great episodes that were put together great content that was put together and the breaks radio had its its ride and its initial growth that was fucking huge right and so the breaks were uh, eventually ralph and johnny wanted to focus more on oversaturated and that was fine baylor came on it was me baylor and johnny when ralph first left johnny eventually left when our contract because we got a radio contract out of that we were on the radio we had a year-long radio contract that was great and could have renewed but we decided not to um because like johnny was leaving and me and baylor had to like it was just me and him for a while and we are the raekwon and ghost face of podcasting our chemistry is just huge we brought Mary on and uh and and Lo. We brought Lo on and then she got pregnant. She had to leave eventually. And it was me, Baylor, and Mary for like another year after that. And then we eventually found Marquise. And that was like, to me, finding Marquise was like the last bit of Voltron being found. And now, like what we have built now into the Breaks Radio with Mary being, she works at Rocks the Bell. She used to work at Hot 97. Like she's she used to work at BET. And so, like, what that has now become was something also that I could have never envisioned by that little seed that was planted. And now the Breaks Radio has become its own thing. But, like, in the growth of that, I'm now juggling three weekly podcasts between The Awakened Soul, The Breaks Radio, um, Love, Lust, and Badass Soul. So I'm I'm doing all three of these, and people are, like, congratulating me. How do you have three weekly podcasts and you never overlap content? And my head is getting big. My head is the biggest that has fucking probably ever been in my life at this point in time because it was like, yeah, you're right. And this is like I said, this isn't a shot at anybody. I was like most of the content that you saw on those podcasts. It was me coming up with now the execution was more than that. Ralph did his thing with like he taught me how to like create great thumbnails. Johnny's just fucking like Johnny's fucking awesome. Shout out to Johnny for more. Shout out to Oversaturate in general. Make sure you guys are checking out their podcast and listening to them. Um. And so, like, I'm finding that, like, there's, like, I always say my gift isn't that I can do anything anybody else can, can't do. Um, and my gift is that I take in so much information, right? 
and so much content that I could literally have five probably different podcasts. All Well, hell, at this point, I almost do. I have the Film Frequency, which is about film. I have my Chicago Bulls podcast, which is about the Chicago Bulls. I have The Awakened Soul. I have uh, The Breaks Radio. My Brother's Keeper with JB when he comes back. And like all of these podcasts are all completely different in their execution and what they have. My head was big as shit. And then the fall comes, right? So going into year three, it was not a fall of like anything dropped. Like my podcast, the listenerships have continually grown over the four years I've been doing this. And shout out to you guys for that. Um, But I got big headed. I got big headed. Like I was on fucking cloud 12. You couldn't tell me shit. I'm that's where the content king was born and i'm still the content king like i don't i don't shy away from that there's nobody else who can do the level of content with the quality and the frequency in which i do that is something i stand by but heading into year three little did i know the fall was coming in the sense of covid fucking 19 um and so at the at the height of me like being like i said big-headed and planning shows and i had 2000 and 20 was going to be a fucking huge year originally for like me and like festivals and everything. And that's why my head was so big and my, I was riding high. And then this happened. The world stopped content to a degree stopped, right? Not, not from me, but like from movies and, and wild albums and like, so stuff stopped. And so in that I had to re I had to redefine myself as a creative and, you know, there was an episode in which I did. I forget the title of my time where my hair was long as fuck for me not being able to go to the barber. The beer was fucking unkept and wildly. And I'm sitting here just talking about depression like a motherfucker. Right. And so, you know. The thing in, in year three that it taught me and a little bit in year two was that how to deal with the drama. Me and AJ's fallout. Um, you know, somebody made a fake page about me and like I, 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 I. And people always say I handle that shit with amazement because nothing really does phase me. Like, there's nothing that a motherfucker can do on Twitter in cyberspace that can affect my real life. But I'm sitting here dealing with my children being depressed because their sports are canceled. They weren't physically going to school. They weren't seeing their friends. We were stuck in the house. On top of that, me and, and what I started to identify myself as a podcast was like how many of these different opportunities and shit that I get in radio and, and festivals and all that, that's what I started to let define me as a podcaster. And when it was all said and done, when it was all like, even though this year, right now, 2021, I've missed a lot of episodes, a lot of weeks, more weeks than I have at any other time. But what that taught me was when all that shit's taken away, movies are taken away, I don't have content there, whatever. I'm not really interacting with people. Like people, like there are p- people who drop completely out of podcasting and it's hard to get guests. But what that taught me, what that year taught me was I'm a fucking amazing creative. And if my head was big before, it could have got bigger then. Instead of, I started realizing it wasn't about me. While C- Hayes may be the content king, I may be the red bearded assassin. The thing that made me push through is just my desire and drive to do this. So during that time, during year three, what it taught me was I fucking love this. Not because of the accolades, not because of the awards, not because of the festivals, not because of getting out in front of people and having live shows and acting an ass and showing my ass and doing all that. That's not what pushed me through this. What pushed me through was my my legit desire and love for not only entertaining 
but my love for what I talk about on this podcast. And that's what the year of COVID taught me. And so going through this journey, going through this, going through the things that I have gone through and the things that I've learned over that course of time, it's just taught me this. I am the best at what I fucking do. But outside of me being the best at what I do, I can't be the best at what I do without my listenership. I can't be the best at what I do without my family. I can't be the best at what I do without my children. These crazy ass dogs that you guys hear sometimes in the background. It taught me to appreciate all of that. And I think that's evident. My first short film dropped December of last year. Um, And like it taught me to sit down, slow back down and redefine, refine what I'm doing creatively. My videos have been even more on point since then. Um, Like little vlogs and mini movies and shit that I drop. The year three taught me that I needed to be more. I needed to be more than what I had been at that time, up until that point. It taught me how to bring everything that I was doing together, everything, and set it in being the real content king, not just because of the episodes that I drop, but because of the way that I produce it, the style that I produce it in, the fact that I want to do shit with other people and help other creatives and do all this other shit. It really helped me slow down because while everybody, like a lot of people weren't doing episodes at all because they lost their drive, I didn't stop at all during COVID. I, I added to myself during COVID. I added video. I added not only just doing video, which I had like trickled in with like webcams and stuff, but really learning to make it fucking cinematic. Photography during that time saved my fucking life. The thing is that we often look at creativity by and we judge it by how many listeners we have we judge it by how many likes we get on social media we judge it by whatever other interaction how who knows it who's who's talking about it on the timeline we judge it by all that shit sometimes and what it really comes down to is what you leave behind and what i leave behind with the awakened soul what people are going to learn from the awakened soul years after this after like i still get comments on shit that i dropped in year one And that has made me happy. That has made me just ecstatic. Like I keep being invigorated by this thing and I learn new stuff about me every single day because the awakened soul matters. The awakened soul is needed um, and it gives me a purpose. This podcast has saved my life and I think we think about it just from the entertainment standpoint but the therapy standpoint for me is more than worth it for everything if i had five listeners you would never know because not shit is going to change and how i produce and what the time and effort that i put into it luckily i have a lot more than that shout out to the motherfuckers who help pay my bills by listening to this podcast but really i enjoy you guys i enjoy doing this and going in year four is going to be the reflection year because what I got coming year five is going to be fucking out the out of this world. Um, and I mean that. And, you know, that's what I want to leave you guys on this week. Thank you for four years of the Awakened Soul. Thank you for four years of supporting me. Thank you for getting me through. Um, and I love you guys. And that's it. If you don't know, now you know. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. You can follow the podcast at Awaken Soul Pod. You can send me any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. If you want to leave a voicemail, you can do so at 614-547-2039. This has been, this will be forever, the Awaken Soul Podcast. I love each and every one of you guys. 
Peace. This has been a presentation of The Breaks Breaks Media. Media.